TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome back to Sabres Live. And as we usually do almost every Fridays, unless something else comes up, and it's usually not because we don't want her on, because she's fantastic, we are getting Shayna Goldman from The Athletic with us. Shayna, I love that you have your black and red hair still supporting the Sabres this week. It hasn't changed, so I think this is a good omen for <laughs> training camp opening. Yeah, right. Yeah, I am hoping to keep this for at least a month. And who knows what what's going to happen from there. But yeah, we're keeping this just for the Sabres. Okay, um, I asked Jordan LaBarber, who's our Sabres writer on Sabres.com, and he follows the team all the time, if he knew that there was an actual preseason game tonight at midnight on ESPN Plus and on NHL Network, will you be up watching LA and Arizona playing from Melbourne, Australia? You know I'm going to be. I'm the one person, like, this is, it's my two interests, like, (laughs) overlapping it's amazing this week we get wrestling at arthur ash stadium and now we're getting hockey at rod labor arena like this is something i truly can't miss am i going to force myself to stay up for the whole game like i would a match at the australian open that's another conversation but i need to at least check out the vibes you do have to check out the vibes and see how the Australian people are going to support it. I think it's going to be fun. Now, I don't know that I'll be watching it tonight. Maybe I'll be catching some uh, replay action or recap action in the morning. But uh, I knew you were going to be watching. You're one of those uh, night owl that kind of gathers all the information and watch for everything. Uh, and that's why we love you, because you can talk about anything <laughs> around the NHL. So I want to start with restricted free agents that are not in training camp right now. Shane Pinto, the Ottawa Senators, Trevor Zegras, Anaheim Ducks, and Jamie Drysdale, Anaheim Ducks. What do you think happens with any one of them this week, next week? Is there one that's in danger of not starting the season? What do you think happens with those three? I feel like we're going to see Pinto resolve things. You know, it's an interesting position for him because he can look at it and say, hey, I was able to step up step up as your 2C last year and I should be paid as such. And the team could say, you're a 3C. Sorry, that's the break. Stutzel is ahead of you. Josh Norris is, Norris is back. And that's a you problem. You know, you haven't earned that big extension like the other players have. And it gets interesting because they've handed out those big contracts, those big second contracts. You know, Drysdale, I think, maybe is the most pressing to get done because if I'm the Ducks, I don't want him missing any time at all of training camp, especially after he was out so long last season. And they really do need someone on the back end to step up as the number one. Otherwise, you're stuck with Cam Fowler. But I think the one that might be in the most danger of missing actual time would be a Trevor Zegris because 
there's a good conversation to have on what his actual value is. Is he the elite star of a rebuild? Is he the franchise cornerstone? I'm not so sure about that. And I think that's something he has to be has to prove. And I can see the hesitation to pay him as such just yet. Okay, so I don't buy into all the rumors that the numbers are being thrown out there. But if it is true that Anaheim is willing to let go, you know, somewhere three and a half to four million, somewhere in that ballpark, and Zegers is looking at more at seven and a half or something much bigger, like we're talking about double what the offer may be on the table. Do you think this could be? You know, a situation where it goes like, I remember Willie Nylander with the Leafs where it you know, was contentious like that. Do we think Zegers is the type of player that could sit out a whole year maybe or at least a half a season before signing sometime around Christmas? I can't see it getting that far. I feel like it's, you know, it's not ideal for Verbeek. You know, this is the early years of his tenure. It's not ideal for the player. And, you know, I think he has something to prove this year. So if I'm him, I don't want to miss time. I don't want to have anything go towards having a bad reputation. That gap, you know, we never know how much is just two sides leaking information out. But the gap is so interesting because they definitely have completely and totally different terms with those, you know, dollar amounts. A three, four million dollar contract, they're saying we're going to bridge you and wait and see, which is what they did with Troy Terry first. But Terry had less that he hadn't proven as much at that point versus getting that big contract. And the interesting thing of it all is that contract, 7 million might sound like a lot for Trevor Zegers because he hasn't proven to be that franchise cornerstone, true elite one C that every team should want to have, but a $7 million contract is going to age really well, even if you're a complimentary player. So I just can't see it going that far because I still think that high end number is pretty reasonable. Even if he doesn't hit the ceiling that they should want him to. Yeah, I think that would be very reasonable at $7 million. Uh, Trevor Zegers, I, I feel like, especially in Anaheim, a team that doesn't have a lot of star powers right now, and they need to retain those players that will sell tickets. Trevor Zegers definitely does that. Uh, Steven Stamkos, there is a, a little bit of a situation there where he thought that by the end of summer and the start of training camp, he would have an extension done. Uh, he still has one more year left on that eight-year deal that he signed in 2016, but he took it all all the way to almost free agency the last time and now he's speaking out saying i'm disappointed i thought this was going to get resolved before training camp julian brisebois has given up long-term deals to basically everybody right cyrilli haggle cernak sergachev kucherov point like everybody's got long-term deal your captain is saying i'm disappointed what do you think happens in tampa and could we see steven stamkos move away from the lightning in a year from now I don't think he leaves. I think he's going to stay. Like, I feel like the he's such an important part of the Lightning's identity. And I think the team knows that. And I think the player knows that, too. I can't see, you know, any change happening now. But it is kind of interesting because if you are the player sitting there and you're their captain and you had an excellent season, right? You have stepped it up these last couple of years. No one can complain about what he's brought to the lineup. You look at it and go, this general manager has you know, re-signed so many players early who weren't nearly as important as him, the Chernex of the world and the Sergachevs. Those contracts were all signed a year early to plan ahead of time. And the other part of it, I think that makes it a little more interesting is you see a contract like Anze Kopitar's get dealt with before the season even started either. And he's in a similar situation and he's still going to be making 7 million a year on average the next two years. You know, it's a, it's a step down from the $10 million cap hit, but it's still a sizable deal for someone who's in their late thirties so if I'm Stamco seeing both things happening, I'm wondering why not me? 
But I think the Lightning are going to approach this the right way because I think they need to be a little more patient. They've been handing out these big contracts, and usually when you see a team signing a player early, you think they're going to get some sort of discount, right? Don't let them hit the market and see what can happen. Don't let the market prices set, and maybe we can get some sort of cost-effective contract out of it. And that wasn't the case for these contracts for Tampa. So because they put themselves in such a bind financially – I think they have to be patient and wait before handing out another big contract. And while Stamkos isn't going to get something with a huge amount of term, I would guess it's in the two to three year range. This is someone who could still be worth that $8.5 million cap hit or still push for $9 million. I would guess it happens around $7.5, but that's going to be a discount too. So, you know, it's a tough situation for the Lightning. They have to consider everything and not just put one player's contract ahead of it as important as he is to the lineup. Yeah, Stamkos is still only 33 years old, and he played 81 games in each of the last two seasons. So for those that think, oh, he gets hurt all the time. Well, he hasn't gotten hurt in the last two years. He's ninth in points per game in the last seven years. Um, I think he can still play at a very high level. And, eh, well, the Florida taxes may come into play, too. You may be able to lower his cap hit uh, and say, well, you're not paying uh, you know, state income tax in Florida, so maybe we'll see what happens. Uh, Patrick Kane. Uh, Darren Dreger tweeted, a good friend of the show, that Kane is still probably a, a month away or so. Um, he's doing really good and could really help a team. Um, why, well, first of all, what do you think of Patrick Kane and coming back from you know, the, the, the surgery? And two, which team could he help? There's been rumors with Buffalo. I don't know if you hear that too. Kevin Adams probably calling on everybody. But what do you think happens with Patrick Kane? Yeah, I think Patrick Kane is a tricky one because I think hip surgery is such a tough one to recover from. We've seen it with players at any age, right? It sometimes takes more than a couple months to get back into the swing of things. You know, Brad Marchand, I think, is the outlier, not the rule. We can look more like a Nick Backstrom and see how tricky that can be. And when that player is in the later stages of his career, that recovery timeline might be even longer. It might be even more arduous for him. So I would be very careful if I'm a team looking at him because we know the heights that Patrick King can bring. And we know that he can still produce a lot on the power play, even if he's injured. Think of Nikita Kucherov coming back from his hip surgery. You know, everyone made such a big deal about his scoring. The fact was he was stationary for so much of it because it was on the power play. You know, there's a big difference. And this is someone who has deficits in his game at his highest level, at his healthiest is a defensive liability at this point. So I think you have to take all of that into stride and it should be a team like the Colorado Avalanche or someone high end with that really strong defensive system that knows that they can mask any weaknesses that are going to be there and likely more glaring than years past. And that's why I look at the Sabres and say, maybe don't here. You know, the defense is the biggest flaw that they have. They have a ton of offense. I think that they need, you know, forwards who are going to extend zone time and have that defensive offensive ability. The ones who can, you know, forecheck stronger and, and bring up the cycle game that the Sabres need to have they should still be going for high-end offensive talents but maybe not ones with such big defensive gaps they already have that in our favorite Tage Thompson he's so exciting to watch but because there's so much chaos in his game I wouldn't be adding to the mix right now okay well you heard it on uh, Sabres Live first Shayna said I would not add Patrick Kane to the Sabres but who knows what's going to happen and, and uh, where he goes and what dollar amount he will go to I mean he's a non-restricted free agent um, what do you pay a guy like Patrick Kane that's going to be interesting but because you talked about the Buffalo Sabres I want to circle back obviously camp has started um, there's a lot of position battles Jack Quinn's not going to be there but your good friend Sarah Sivian from too Many Men podcast that you guys do. She wrote on Bleacher Report 
one word for every team in the NHL going into this season. And when she wrote for the Buffalo Sabres is finally, finally getting there, finally getting to the playoffs. Um, do you agree with the one word finally? And if you do or don't, why? Um, I want to agree with the word finally in every which way. I want this to be the year. I want the Sabres to live up to the hype because they were so much fun last year. But I can't be fully sold yet. I need to see better defense. You know, we're working on the previews for the Athletic right now, and I just got to write about that. I think it's coming out this weekend on the Sabres defensive game. Is it there to match the hype? And you can see so many weaknesses from last year, and it's from the forward group and it's from the blue line. I think that management was very quiet this offseason, and I think that we could look at it on the surface and go, well, Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson definitely aren't enough. But it's going to be so interesting because these players do bring something that the team lacks. Like they're really good at puck retrievals. So that can aid someone like Owen Power and Ross Mistelian, who we know can move the puck out and kind of take out some of the risk of them, you know, doing the dirty work in the corners. I think that there's the potential to get there finally. I'm just not fully there yet. If the defense can take it up a notch, I think we'll, we're going to have fewer questions about goaltending, right? Because it's not that the team went splashy. They, they're going a little bit riskier with Devin Levi, and he could kill it, absolutely. But you don't want to bury him in his first year. So, you know, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful. That's my one word. Hopeful that we're going to get to that finally. Okay. Hopeful, finally hopeful. I think there's a happy medium there. Maybe they sneak in. Maybe who knows? The first month of the season is going to tell a lot. Um, I have a question for you because I'm watching the Sabres skate. I talked to Jordan LaBarbera about it, but I feel like their back end, their blue line has gotten so big. Darlene is big. Power is huge. Uh, Eric Johnson is massive. Matthias Samuelson is big. Um, the old school you know, hockey fan are going to say, we need big, strong defense. The new school may say puck moving and all of that, but where do you feel and where do you sit on this size on the blue line, and does that really matter? As someone who's 5'2", I say short kings for all. You know, we can all... We can all get by with some short defensemen. But no, I, I love the rise of the small defensemen, right? You see someone like Adam Fox, who doesn't have the size and strength of others, but he has the smarts and the vision. You see someone like Sam Girard, who can really kill it, even though he's super short too. I think that there's a way to have a short blue line, but I think that there still is a balancing act, right? Everyone's going to look at Vegas right now and go, look at the big d blue line that they have and look at, you know, the size and strength that they boast. That's there. That's true. That's super effective because they have more than just size and strength. I think it's all about just adding dimension. You need to find the right balance of dimension. If you're going to have that size and strength like Vegas does, you better have a lot of puck movers, and they absolutely do. Alec Martinez can move the puck. Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, you can trust any of them, or White, uh, Zach Whitecloud. So with the Sabres, they have that puck moving balance. They have some of that size, and I think that they're getting the right blend of skill, and I think it's slotting players more appropriately too, so you're going to see that balance up and down the blue line. I think it's a step in the right direction, but I don't think there has to be a hard rule of one or the other. It's just about having the right mix of skills. You know, if you don't have a ton of really tall and really strong defensemen, you better have the, you know, the best skaters and the best at moving the puck and the ones that you can mask any weaknesses in their game. And the same is true, you know, the other way. Last but not least, Shayna, um, obviously you talk about size and this little guy has been playing bigger than his size for many, many years now. And he's the new captain of the Boston Bruins. I've been scratching my head trying to find ways to say this is 
bad idea. He's going to, you know, be suspended again and all of it. But somehow I come around and say, well, this is pretty good. Like, I, it reminds me of Terry O'Reilly in the 80s, being the captain of the Boston Bruins and, and how everybody hated that, but it worked in Boston. What would you make out of Brad Marchand getting this C after Zdeno Chera and Patrice Bergeron and go in a completely different direction with Boston? Yeah, it's funny. It's something we talked about this week on Too Many Men. Do you go for the veteran? Do you go for no captain at all? Do you go for the young guy? And the argument's there for the young guy, right? Charlie McAvoy, you think, could be the captain of the future. But there's something about Boston. I know they go for tradition. And Brad Martian kind of bucks that trend. He doesn't feel like that traditional captain, but he's the veteran. He's the piece from years past, you know, those championship caliber teams. And yes, I get, you know, the worry, well, maybe he'll be suspended or it doesn't help. You know, you want to have your captain out there arguing with the referees about someone in the box and it could be Martian in the box. But I like the flair of this, you know, rat king leadership. We saw it from Kachuk, right? Last postseason. We saw Kachuk being the one to galvanize the Florida Panthers and everybody knows him to be this, you know, rat king, this disruptor. Brad Marchand's right there, and he's been around the block a couple times, so I'm not opposed to it. I think he's going to add some spice. I think he's going to make things interesting. He's someone that brings some humor to things, and I think he knows how to rally his team. He's done it all, so why not go for him? And I like the fact that this isn't just some veteran that played a third or fourth line role and might be on the team for two years. This is someone who is an elite, elite, elite player, so it kind of blends everything together for me that it just works enough, and I'm sure in the future we'll see Charlie McAvoy take over. How many times will he get booed when they call for the captain of the Boston Bruins for the ceremonial first drop, puck of the drop, right? You think about hockey fights cancer, they do something, and the Boston Bruins are in the building, and then everybody boos him. Like, Do you think that uh, that that will be fun for the visiting teams uh, to uh, to be seeing Brad Marchand getting booed before the game even started? Yeah, I think fans are going to love that. And I think he's going to like live it up. I feel like he's someone who loves to be the heel, that he's going to feed off that energy. So I think that makes it even more exciting. Like if anyone's going to rise to the occasion as a Rat King, it is Brad Marchand. I think we all got let down that it didn't just happen in the playoffs when he went against Kachuk. But I I feel like we're going to see him up his game in that way. And I think that there's a way that he can, you know, toe the line that it's not doing anything costly for his team but being, you know, an antagonist. So I'm hoping that's what happens because I think we need things to be a little more entertaining. Yeah, it will be very entertaining. So we went from Rat King to Eel, back to Rat King for Brad Marchand. Shana, you were fantastic as always. Have a great weekend. Don't stay up too late tonight watching the Kings <laughs> and the Coyotes from Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. But we will talk to you next week here on Sabres Life. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll have a quick break here. We'll come back to wrap up the show on Sabres Live here on WGR 550 and MSG. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. 
See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.